Welcome, dance lovers, to Ask a Dancer with Stacey Morgan. Hello and welcome to episode four of Ask a Dancer, the podcast where we interview performing arts professionals in the hope of inspiring young dancers. My name is Stacey Morgan and I'm the principal of Port Macquarie Performing Arts, a dance school on the mid-north coast of New South Wales. Today's guest is Marco Panzik, creative director, choreographer, producer and dancer. Marco first hit our TV screens in the first series of So You Think You Can Dance in 2008, where he was a top 20 finalist. Marco is the artistic director of the Australian Dance Festival, held in Sydney each year. And currently Marco is working on show business, his own full-time course. If you have any suggestions for guests for the show, please tweet us at Ask A Dancer using the hashtag Ask A Dancer. And without further ado, here's Marco. Okay, let's go. Marco Fanzik, thank you so much for joining us on Ask a Dancer. How are you doing? Good, very good. How are you going? Very well, thank you. This is a, a, a podcast for aspiring dancers, essentially. We're hoping to reach out to dancers who want to make it in the industry, who are doing dance classes at the moment, really enjoying themselves and thinking about taking their dance to the next level. So thank you so much for joining us as you are one of our industry's leading professionals working across so many different areas of the industry. We're really excited to talk to you. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure. Uh, what we'll start in the beginning at you, for you as a dancer. Uh, whereabouts did you start training? What age were you when you started dancing? And who were the people that really influenced you the most in those early years? Well, I started training in Perth at the age of four years old. So it was the days of Michael Jackson on MTV and on video hits. And nice. I was inspired as a little child and my mum saw me dancing in front of the TV so she thought I'm going to take him along to Donnie Young Talent School where it all began Very and I, just from there my passion and love for dance just I don't know I was just obsessed from the beginning and I had I was lucky enough to have incredible teachers that um, the director of Johnny Young Talent School who was Alison Cottrell who I don't know, allowed me to be me. And it wasn't all about the technique and it wasn't all about that. She made me fall in love with the, you know, the love of dance and the performing side of dance. And that's what really motivated me. I loved performing for people. So having teachers that allowed me to perform and it wasn't really an environment where I was like, put your feet, do this, do a million turns, do this. It was more have fun, perform, make people smile, get out there. So it's a real credit to Alison Cottrell and Bernie Bernard, who taught me as well, and Kerry DeCourcy. So, you know, three really inspiring women from Perth made me fall in love with dance. Fabulous. And during that training with those, those fabulously talented people, was there one major event or moment that you just went, you know what, I think I could do this as a career. This is, this is my life. I'm not going to do anything else. Well, I never, I always, uh, you know, from a young age, dance was it for me. That's all I wanted to do when being in Perth. You know, I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. And I remember being 15 and um, Kerry DeCourcy, who I was doing private lessons with and all of that, you know, said, make up your own solo this year. And I was like, what? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. And then as soon as I got the privilege to, you know, make up my own dance, that's where I think the love of choreography and teaching came into play. I was like, wow, I love putting steps together. I love being, you know, in control of the movement and then, from there, I started, you know, doing little assisting and teaching classes and little private lessons and charging, you know, like $8 an yeah. hour. And <laughs> I was like, this is such a cool little, you know, business. You know, I fell in love with the choreography side. And then 
I, at 17, went into business with another lady, Lisa Webb, and um, we I owned a dance studio for three years. Wow, I don't <laughs> think Perth. I knew that. Yeah, so that was my first, you Studio know, owner, Marco. I, yeah, and that's what I thought was the rest of my life. I want to teach. Yeah. It was called Let's Dance Entertainment, and she was, you know, the R.A.D. and CSTD, and I was the fun and the hip-hop and the, you know, jazz, and so it was a really cool mix for a studio, and... You know, it started with 90 kids and we grew to 400 in, you know, over the time that I was there. And then one day I flew to Melbourne for a workshop because back in those days, and it wasn't that long ago, you know, us dancers had to travel for workshops. You know, now yeah. our kids are so spoiled and lucky because workshops are everywhere and, and on every weekend. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, so I, you know, I really loved this choreographer Teresa Espinosa, and I thought, I'm going to save my money, and I'm going to fly to Melbourne to do her class. And then that's where I went, and I did her class. And then at the end, she pulled me aside, and to this day, she would probably never know that she made such a huge impact on me. She said, yeah. why aren't you a professional dancer? And I was like, never thought of it like that, because I loved teaching. And, yeah. you know, in Perth, I was set up, I had my studio, had my Commodore, I was all good. I was, I was set. So, <laughs> Living the dream. And then when she, <laughs> exactly. And then when she mentioned to me, why don't you, you know, become a professional dancer, it sort of sparked something. And I said, why don't I try just moving to Sydney and see what happens? Yeah. And it was the greatest thing for me because I feel the studio, in a sense, was my university. Because from yes. 17 to 20, I, I got to experience dealing with clients. Yes. I got to deal with, you know, respecting money and understanding the business of dance. Yep. I understood teaching and not just, you know, I didn't just go and study thing in dance and become a teacher. I, yeah. you know, did it from the ground up and I, you know, really learned how to nurture talent and teach and, you know, all of those things you learn when you have to manage a dance studio. So yeah. it was a, it was actually really good for my mentality to then you know, venture off to Sydney and I mentally was strong enough at 21 to deal with Sydney. So yeah. to all those dancers out there, don't rush. You've got plenty of time. Oh, such good I advice. Moved, well, I moved to Sydney when I was 21 and I would never, I just, my jaw drops to the ground now when I hear parents saying, my daughter's 15 or my son's 16 and they want to do full time and drop out of school. And I don't understand it at all because I think, you know, a life experience is what makes you a great performer. Yes. You have to foremost experience that, you know, you have to be able to, you know, when you dance and you perform, it has to come from somewhere and some experience. So I encourage kids to be kids. Yeah. I encourage teenagers to be teenagers. You need to have that social development at school to understand how to deal with people that aren't dancers, yes. <laughs> you know. So I think all of those are a real big key into becoming a professional that don't rush, take your time, and education is really important, and social skills. So it all plays into each other. Oh, Marco, I want you to put that on a T-shirt. That was just great. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And for young dancers who, who you know really want to get out there and, and get in amongst it, um, can you give them some advice of any tough situations when you face, perhaps um, when you first did move to Sydney, um, those tough moments that weren't, that weren't, you know, all the highs, the lows as well, 
the width that you went, okay, well, this is going to make make or break me. This is the moment. And how did you get through that tough situation? Yeah, that's a really good question because I think my main motto in life is I actually love rejection. <laughs> for some reason, I think whenever something's hard for me or I hear no, I don't know if it's my Croatian ways, but it's very, that makes me more determined. Yes. And I feel when we were growing up, it was encouraged to, you know, hear feedback and want to hear the honest truth and want to yes. hear, no, you have to work for it. So even when I first moved to Sydney and I was like, what the hell am I doing here? I'm so out of my league. Like I've just, you know, this boy from Perth, but I went there with a mission. I didn't go there to do a full-time course. I straight away got off the plane and thought, you know what? I need to make people b- believe what I had people believing in Perth. Yes. I am something special. I value what I do. I have something to offer. I have something different to offer and I'm going to sell it. Yeah. So I had to have this confidence about myself and especially moving from Perth to Sydney, I had to, you know, comp- the confidence of dancers and people in Sydney is far beyond anywhere else in Australia you know it can be quite terrifying so if you come to this town and you aren't ready mentally and you don't believe in yourself it's a lot harder so that was huge for me because I think a you have to be humble in what you do but you also have to you know have a little bit of a spark and a fight about you that you know what I'm worth something and I'm going to train hard and work hard. So I went into classes. I went to the meetings at, you know, dance studios and was like, let me teach. And Juliet Byrne from Urban Dance Center was one of the first people to offer me a job. Yep. And I started teaching, you know, hip hop in Sydney. And then I went to Sydney Dance Company and started covering classes. And from that, I created what exactly what I was doing in Perth, but I brought my energy to Sydney and I, you know, just kept my intention intact that it was you know positive I'm here to teach I love teaching so it was a great way for me to you know transition into Sydney and then just suddenly I sort of saw people that inspired me you know and I didn't move to Sydney blind I didn't come here going I don't know anything I really researched I really had to look into who are the people that built this industry so you A, have to go back. You have to research and pay respect to the people from like David Atkins to Ross Coleman to Kelly Abbey to Jason Coleman to all these people who really, you know, made a difference and an impact in Sydney. So you kind of, I was obsessed with, you know, getting online, using the internet for the right reason, researching, finding out who do I need to know? Who do I need to be around? And Whose class do I remember, need to take? Amazing. Exactly. And I thought, you know, straight away I was like, who's this Matt Lee guy? Like, <laughs> he, he's really amazing and he's incredible. And straight away I was like, I need to be around his energy. Because yeah. for me, I'm all about, it's who you surround yourself with that you become. Yeah, so great advice. So as soon as I, you know, the moment that Matt became my friend and then even Kate Warmold and I got to, you know, go to a Kelly Abbey class and that it just changes everything about you because you start surrounding yourself and you you surround yourself with people who are already you know making an impact and want to be great yeah that it kind of rubs off on you where that's why I always tell kids these days that 
they make so many choices now of going to full-time and going to even dance schools that are based off the cool thing to do or what your friends are doing. Yeah. And I always tell them, it's like, guess what? They're your competition. Yep. You know, the people next to you are going to be next to you at an audition. Yeah. You need to surround yourself with the people that have the right work ethic. Yep. You know, and and also look at yourself as a solo brand. You can't just tag along with what you think is what everyone's doing. So it's kind of like nowadays it's even harder because you have to break the mold. Yes. You have to change it up and be different. So my journey was like very intense and very, you know, like I was just very persistent. I just knew what I wanted and it did. I tell everyone when you first move to anywhere, the first six months is so hard. Yes. Like there were days I was like, what am I doing? I've spent all my life saving, <laughs> I've put everything into this, i left my family, I've left my friends. Yep, it could be easy just to pack up and go home. Exactly, like there were so many easy ways out. But then another one of my <laughs> things that I stand by is that, you know, if the risk isn't big enough, then your dream isn't big enough. Yeah. So oh, I always believe in, yeah, and I'm always, Still to this day, I'm like, do I wake up scared? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and that's a good thing because, you know, when you wake up and you go, oh, my God, I can't believe all of this is happening and I've got to deal with all of this and do all of this, that's, you're alive. Yeah. You know, you've got a purpose. Yep. You have something to wake up to and move forward with. So I think even having, I don't like to call it a goal because you've got to keep thinking about surpassing your goals and not just reaching a you know a wall and then not knowing what's next yeah. but really write down what you want put it into put it into an actual you know something that's real not just yes. a thought yes something and that's I tangible feel I love that 100 percent. and I still to this day live by making lists yes write it down you know yep. even when I get a spare second in an aeroplane or I'm <laughs> getting a massage or anything, my brain is constantly thinking, what's next? Yep. You know, don't become complacent in this industry because, you know, it, I think it's the old term we all used to, you know, use that sticks with me and kind of pushes me along when it was like, you're only as good as your last gig. Yep. <laughs> yep. And I feel like every time I'm on a gig, I'm thinking, oh my God, I've got to get the next one now because I can't just you know, it's been a week since my last gig. You yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> no, so, that's so great. It's a big work ethic, you know, when I first moved, but it was hard. It it wasn't easy. And, you know, and then doing the So You Thinking dance when that first came out and I thought, this is going to change my life and it's going to, you know, I'm going <laughs> to, you know, and all and of did, that. And, and did it? And it did. Yeah. <laughs> it completely did. And, you know, and even to that extent, you know, I came 16th so I made the top 20 it was amazing but you know I look at it now and I go I came 16th and I remember that you know that show with many dancers could either break you or start the fire for you yeah you know and I felt when I left you know and I got out at 16 like I remember leaving going do you know what this is the start like I thought I'm gonna show everyone that I, who I am and how successful I'm going to become. Like that was the 
I think that was the moment in my life, like the defining moment that started my Fire. my road to yeah. here it goes. That's so awesome because <laughs> so many people could have walked away, um, you know, after the high of becoming a, a top 20 contestant, you know, only a couple of weeks later being sent home. So many people could have walked away and gone, oh, well, that's it then. Guess that. But, and I, I saw that in so many dancers yeah. as well, which like – was so heartbreaking because there were so many talented dancers that didn't even get to the top 20. And yeah. it's like, don't let it break you. Like, And that's what I, you know, dancers need to know that those experiences are the test. You know, if you can overcome a rejection or you can overcome being told no, it's healthy. Yes. Like, it's a great thing because, you know what, that moment you get told yes, it was worth it all. Yeah, yeah. Awesome advice. I, I can't believe you, you saying that you were voted out as number 16. That makes no sense to me because what I remember from you from the show was you were such a big personality and someone that, that I resonated with so much that it feels like you went a lot further than that, like I saw a lot more of you. And now you've gone on to do so many amazing things. I'm like, 16? Really? Yeah. I thought you were there, <laughs> I thought you were there for so much longer. But it was. I know, but then it worked out because they invited me back to choreograph, so it felt like I was a bit more of a. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and it was such a great show to be able to put dance on such a platform. So oh, many dancers that would never have even gone near dance before have, uh, can you know take it back to watching. So you think you can dance on TV? I, I do. I do miss it for that sense of um, profile that it gave us. Um, even <laughs> though there was so much controversy that went with it, it was still, I feel, really, really positive for the dance industry. Oh, completely. And just something that gave back to the community, you know, that yeah. you could go out and when you said you were a dancer, it was respected. Yes. I think that was the greatest thing in Australia. And, you know, the hardest thing in Australia is that the arts is so underappreciated yeah. that, you know, we, we live in a hard country to, you know, be involved in the arts. So to have a TV show putting it, you know, into the limelight and spotlight and people being, wow, that's contemporary. Wow, that's jazz. It was just great for that educational purposes. And oh, it's built, you know, it's built dance now to be, I think it's like the number third or top something you know in the top three for the most you know kids are involved in it now so brilliant as it should be that's awesome exactly so, i need to get hold of that statistic i'll get you to look it up for I me know, later I, it's so great I know. totally so we've we've kind of um covered a lot marco as far as i had all these questions to ask you about uh, you know your favorite jobs and your favorite choreographers but i think oh. what resonates with you so much is your passion you have so much passion for dance and and for passing on what you have learned through through education and i really really respect that is there anything that stands out for you that when you were working professionally as a dancer any show that you did or choreographer that you worked with that maybe had to pull you into line or that gave you a piece of advice that really stuck with you that you just went, yeah, that's, that's me. I'm going to do that. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think for me, I always was, I think I just was always in awe of the choreographers I worked with. So it was always, I loved watching. I was, I was always an observer. So whenever I was in a room, yes, I was the dancer, but I was always watching, what are they doing? So what's the lighting designer doing? What yeah. I was just one of those per- people that looked beyond my job. Yeah. So 
and when I got, you know, I got to work with the incredible Kelly Abbey and Jason Gilkerson. So these, those two people who I admire so much, not only for how well they choreograph, but their, the process that they go through to, you know, create what they do is quite out of this world. So yeah. to be in that environment, and especially I worked my way up to assist Jason Gilkerson and see how he creates and, you know, from his mind to then the live stage, it sort of, I don't know, it really triggered in me that that's what I want to do. And especially with Kelly, I think she triggered for me that I want to inspire people how she inspires people. And she really, I think she really woke me up to there's success means nothing if people don't respect you. So you can be the most incredible talented person and the most successful millionaire, gazillionaire and whatever. But if you don't have people's respect and you don't pay it forward and you don't make a difference and you don't, you know, go and teach a workshop or, you know, pass on your knowledge and give back, it really becomes worthless what you're doing. So watching Kelly in a room and even when she teaches really made me realize the type of person that I want to be looked up as. Yeah. So she was a great role model for me to feel, you know what, if I'm going to take on this position and, you know, when people, you know, like you said, and it makes me so, <laughs> you know, it's grateful when, you know, you said, oh, you're one of the top professional did it in the country. And it, it blows yeah. me away when you have that, when you have that status, it comes with, you know, a responsibility yeah. to make sure that, you're making a difference and it's not about, you know, not fed by the money or success or what you're doing, but how are you making people feel? How are you impacting the next generation? Because right now and realistically, our industry needs a lot of work. You know, we're facing a real issue with social media and even kids' work ethics these days. And there's a whole generational shift that's going on that it really concerns me about the future of choreographers in this country or entrepreneurs so that's why instantly I was like I need to do something about it so I created a three-month program to develop the business side of dance to the younger generation yeah which is so important oh my gosh and you think of all of us that are you know running businesses we, I don't know, I think it was because our parents were such hard workers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that it forced us to become hard workers. Yeah. And then now we're in the thing that, you know, we suffered from our parents making us be hard workers, but now it's like, we don't want to make you all work that hard. But what that's actually doing to the next generation is they have everything now. Yes. You know, and I, I say to everywhere I go and teach and hold a seminar, I'm saying to teachers like, it's so hard these days because a 12-year-old will go to LA and dance for Disneyland. Yes. At 13, they're the dancer winner of the year at Summer Stedford. Yes. At 14, they're in Matilda. Yes. At, you know, at, yes. at 15, they're, you know, another opportunity. And then 16, they're doing a European tour with the dance school. And at 17, and you think, we had nothing of that, no. you know. And that's we had a VHS we borrowed from the library. That, oh we had to, that we had to give back two weeks later. <laughs> exactly. And that's why I encourage people to, you know, 
understand that it's not that generation's fault. It's the fact we're oversaturating them with too many opportunities that they don't have to work for. So I just really want to install back at, you know, that you have to work for it, that if you want to be a dancer, you know, when you hit a certain age, you have to start looking at the business side and paying respect to, you know, have value for money, have value for your worth as a dancer, because only by doing that will encourage dancers in this country to be paid and respected so much more. So we really need to educate rather than, you know, just say it's a problem and, you know, work harder. It's actually, you know what, we all just need to educate because they're kind of lost. Yeah, so, and I love that you're doing yeah. that. I love that you're stepping in and you know, taking the mantle. I'm all, beh- I'm so behind you. Thank you. <laughs> oh no, thank you, thank you. So show business kicks off very soon in the next um, in the next month or two. How many dancers do you have involved, and um, what happens after this round is done, and how can other dancers get involved? Yes, yeah, so we start on Monday coming. <laughs> so Excellent. It's quite close, and we had. We had 110 kids audition, students, and we chose 25. So it was a hard, grueling process because we had videos from all over the country and um, an audition in Sydney. So it's the start of something different and unique, you know. It's giving three months to these very talented um, artists that I believe are ready to hear it. And the ones that got told no or aren't, you know, accepted doesn't mean that their talent, their talent is any less than anyone else. It's more, this course is very honest. It's not, I'm not going to sell you a dream and make you pay me just to make money. If you're going to invest in something that I'm going to give you, I have to do my job and give it to you. So I have to make sure that the, you know, the artist is actually ready to hear the truth. They're mature enough to, because they're not only, this isn't just a dance course, they have to, you know, work with clients of mine. They have to go in and actually, you know, actually go into meetings for me and actually go and run <laughs> run actual events for me. So they have to be ready to carry the brand, you know, the Dream Dance Company with them. So it's a really interesting project because the 25 of them are, so unique they're all so different but we're really you know every week they get a report card every week they're being talked to by the teachers so awesome it's really quite it's really intimate it's not you know and that was one of my main things I want to make sure that every week they're getting you know a hundred percent from myself and Katie who is the course administrator so and we've got the greatest people involved because I really wanted to keep it elite. I want to offer, you know, these people to actually be taught by industry professionals. Yeah. I wanted to get people in that will actually hire them, you know, and create work amongst it. So it's very exciting. It is and really exciting. I want to be I'm, 21 again. I know. I'm looking at the course and I'm seeing all, you know, the structure of it because they don't, they actually come into it not knowing anything. Right. <laughs> So they don't get a timetable because I'm not spoon feeding them. No. You know, my thing is, is that you come and you come ready. Yep. And whatever that day ahead faces you is your challenge. So Great. it's kind of like Celebrity Apprentice meets dancing. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of like, they have to have project managers. They've got yep. a lot of, you know, business 
things that are ahead of them that they have no idea. And the faculty are really exciting and it's really quite, um, it's going to be a challenge for them. So after this one, I will, I am looking at doing this yearly because right. I think it's definitely, you know, needed. And kids these days, like, I feel as well, dancers these days are getting such incredible training around Australia that it used to be, oh, every dancer needs to go to full-time. Yeah. But some dancers now are progressing so much up until they're 18 that they're quite ready because we're training them. You know, it's not how it used to be where it was like, oh, suburban studios aren't as good as city studios. Yeah. And for me, I go around the country and suburban dance studios and even country dance studios are killing it because yeah. everyone is a lot more educated. And the fact that now choreographers are traveling and teaching and, you know, doing guest classes, it's making our industry so much more wealthier. So yes. I don't know. It's really exciting to watch the growth of dance around Australia. And I feel this hopefully will become something that kids aspire to but also make them work for it because they have to audition. Yeah. You know, it sets an actual elite thing that I'm not just selling a dream and I'm not just saying, pay me this money and you can be accepted. And you'll be a star. You know star. what, you have to work for it. Yeah, yeah. that's so great, Marco. No, you'll be a star. And my <laughs> first thing when you walk through the door is, I can't make you anything. Yes. It's completely up to you, Yes. you know. And you would know being a teacher, it's 50-50. Yep. What you give is what you get. Yep. So, And the more they give, the more you'll give to them, and that's so special. 100%. Thank you so much, Marco. But just, that's the best advice. Yeah. Exactly it's, what you said. <laughs> it's so... It, it's so refreshing to have to be able to speak to someone like you who's inspired and who sees the things that we need to work on as an industry um, and instead of just deciding to talk about it at nauseam, jumps up and says, okay, this is how I can fill the gap. This is oh. how I can do my part. It's really, really, really um, rewarding. And, and thank you so but much. as well, it's so, you know, anyone can talk the talk and you have to, you know, we have to all walk it. So. Yeah. And anyone can do it. We can all do it. And it's so nice talking to you. You too. Well, I mean, we we didn't cover half. I really wanted to have a big chat with you about Dream Dance Company. And, um, oh, and we're and gonna have to do another. I one. I think we need to do another one. So I'll <laughs> I'll let you go for now because I'm sure you're very busy and, and preparing for next week. Best of luck with show business. I know it'll be a huge success. I'll get in touch with you um, after the three months are up. We can have a chat about how it goes and, and your plans for the yeah. future. And then we'll have a big Dream Dance Company talk as well. Definitely. Sounds fantastic. Marco Vanzik, thanks for joining us on Ask a Dancer. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Ask a Dancer. We would love it if you would leave us a rating or review on iTunes. Thanks for listening and talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Ask a Dancer with Stacey Morgan. Get in touch with us at WPMPA.co or at Dance Q&A on Twitter.